Hello and welcome to Enlightened Empaths, your community for the spiritually awakened. Today we have an exciting new guest to the show who's going to help us make sense of the lines on our palms. Helene Saucedo is a hand analyst who provides private readings out of her vintage camper and travels the country with her craft, lecturing and reading at shops and events such as Bonnaroo, Dirty South Yoga Festival, and the Lumi Summit. She also has a background in design and art direction, with more than 10 years' experience working with such brands as Turner Broadcasting, Cartoon Network Latin America, Steve Madden, and Macmillan Publishers. And Helene is the author of a really cool book I think you guys are all going to love called The Handful of Stars, a palmistry guidebook and hand printing kit. So thank you so much for joining us today, Helene. I'm hoping you can just start off by telling people how you got started on this path of palmistry. Sure. Hi, thank you so much for having me. So um, my path to palmistry um, was a big surprise to me. It wasn't anything I ever thought I would do. I never thought I would say I'm a palm reader. Um, as you just mentioned, my background is in graphic design and art direction. So um, five years ago, I was living in New York City, and I was art director of advertising and promotion at Macmillan Publishers, which at the time was located in the Flatiron Building. Um, and uh, that was a job I'd always wanted to get to. I'd always loved books, and um, art director was my goal. So, but sometimes life surprises you. I um, I got pregnant. I was married at the time, and uh, I just decided I didn't want to have a child in New York City. I wanted to move back home, and home was Atlanta, Georgia. So that's what I did. I moved back to Atlanta, and I had my child. And I actually, I had a very traumatic delivery: a fourth-degree tear, colicky baby. It, oh, wow! It was, <laughs> it was a it was a lot, and I do think that is part of my that was part of my journey. Um, but I had postpartum um, for at least a year after delivering. I was a stay-at-home mom. I didn't want to go back into design. I mean, I was dealing with so much anxiety and depression that I could not have functioned in an office job, let alone an office job and have a, a newborn. I was doing freelance and I was also, you know, kind of thinking about what else I could do. Uh, it was the, the big eclipse that was in September, I believe, of 2017. Um, you remember everybody went out and bought the glasses. And right, yeah. Something shifted for me during that eclipse. My child was two, and I just, I was living in a, a nice home that I, I had bought with my husband, and it was kind of, you know, the quote-unquote American dream, but it just didn't feel right. It didn't fit, and I slowly came to the realization that I honestly was no longer into men. And so I, I asked my husband for a divorce and I came out as queer. And it was a very scary time for me because I had absolutely no backup plan. I, I had not been making money. I you know, was living in this home with him, but I just knew it was something I had to do. And um, the next thing I did was just kind of logistically, I was like, okay, where am I going to live? Atlanta is a, is a fairly expensive town. So I cashed out my 401k from all of my old corporate jobs and I bought a vintage camper. It's a 1955 Dalton and it was beautifully renovated by this artist named Sasha Glass. Um, and I bought it not knowing I was going to do palm reading. I actually thought my first idea was, oh, I'll do nails out of this camper. <laughs> hands, but <laughs> different. I was going around asking everybody what I should do. I was soul searching. I, I, would, I went to Kelly Knight, who is uh, the owner of Modern Mystic in Atlanta, Georgia, and a very uh, well-known tarot reader. And I had my cards read with her. And she, she was like, oh, no, you still need to do design. And I went to, you know, just all my friends, like, chatting, like, what could I do? Um, and I was getting my hair done with um, my best friend, who's also my hairstylist. And we were just drinking wine and chatting. And I was kind of in this place of thinking with a marketing mind. And I was looking at Atlanta and, you know, what all my friends were into and what I was into as well. And that's, you know, the more metaphysical things like tarot and crystal and all that jazz. And I was thinking, well, what does Atlanta not have? And I was about to take a trip to New Orleans, and I, I thought of the palm readers that are sitting around the squares in New Orleans. And um, I was like, you know what? Maybe I'll look into that. Like, what even is palm reading? 
So um, my friend kind of dared me. She was like, that sounds so cool. You, you should do that at this Christmas pop-up that I'm having. And I'm like, okay, well, let me, let me figure out what this is. So I went to New Orleans and I did have my palm read. It was a little disappointing, but uh, I, I bought some books and, and started to study, but I realized how overwhelming all the information was in the books and it overwhelmed me. And I had like a week until this Christmas pop-up. So I created a purple sheet that kind of broke it down into a formula that would build a palm reading, not only so it would be easy for somebody else to understand, but mostly so it would guide me through how to do it. And the first night, I think I read like five palms, I charged $5 and spent like an hour with each person and everybody had so much fun and was so into it. Um, because I would print their hands with um, block printing ink onto the sheet and then just mark all over it. And we would just have this discussion of the interpretations and how that would relate to them and their lives. So that really just kind of took off. I kind of followed this wave of the excitement. I started reading out of um, a little place called Seed to Star Collective in Atlanta. Then I kind of put it together that, oh, wouldn't this be cool to do out of my camper? And again, just rode the wave. I would start doing pop-ups and festivals and private readings out of my camper. And I was doing it in a way as well that was, it was informed by the books that I had read. A lot of them are older, you know, like from the 18, 1900s. And they didn't, they weren't very modern. They weren't really relating. And some of them seemed too assumptuous about people. I like to leave room for interpretation and also just, intuition to see what felt good to me. And honestly, uh, the book deal, the book that you just mentioned, I, I had that idea during, you know, this whole transitionary time of me getting divorced. I just thought, oh, well, nobody's, there are no books that are really kind of modern and reaching my, my friends, my, my crowd. So I went back to my old publishing contacts and I was like, hey, I'm not asking for any favors. I just think this is a cool idea. What do you think? And it was really just serendipity from there. I, I got um, an, an agent and the book deal came really fast. Yeah, the book came out in October last year, October 2019. And um, Anthropology is carrying it now and Urban Outfitters. And I, I believe it's doing fairly well. And I'm just really excited to be able to make this art accessible uh, to other people around the world in a way that is in a form of self-reflection. I don't really do it so much for fortune telling. I do it as a way to kind of reflect how you are shown in your hands. Wow. That is such a fascinating, amazing story. And I, I just have to say, and I mean this with all respect because, you know, I don't want it to come out the wrong way. Two of my best friends closer than family are gay I always compare me coming out of the psychic closet to someone having to come out of the gay closet. And I hope that never comes off disrespectful, but I feel like it's, it's kind of similar because it's something that you keep hidden inside of yourself for so long and you're embarrassed and you're like, what are people going to think? And, and to listen to you come out of two closets at the same time, what was that like? There was a lot of fear, you know, um, I'm in my late thirties. And so, you know, I was a late bloomer, I guess. And I was concerned about what my parents were going to think and, you know, what my friends were going to think. And palm reading is such a strange kind of thing that, you know, nobody's really talking about or doing. I still get self-conscious about it. But one of my friends, it's funny you say that, uh, the, the witch closet, she calls it the broom closet. She's like, I came out of the closet. <laughs> Um, but there was a point where, you know, I just looked at my life and I, I said, you know what, this is my life. I want to be happy. I don't need all the things that society wants me to have. I want to live an authentic, beautiful life. And I want to also do it for my daughter. I think she deserves to, you know, chase her dreams and what makes her happy and to be herself. It wasn't easy for sure. It was, it was a dark time, but also a very exciting time. And that's part of my message when I speak to people in palm readings, because a lot of those people are feeling lost or looking for the next step. And I'm kind of there to be like, you know what, I was in that space. But once I shed all those layers that were holding me back or that I was pretending to be, the world really opened up to me and the universe really took care of me because I faced that fear. So true. That's a powerful message. Mm -hmm. 
this has come up over and over when we've had people come on about that dark night of the soul before truly stepping into your power, your light, and your purpose. And I just, that fascinates the hell out of me that for so many of us, there was that nudge, that push. And, and then once you make that commitment to saying, okay, this is who I am. This is what I came here to do. The universe rolls out the red carpet and says, okay, we're going to help you find the path. And I agree entirely about stepping out of any closet. You still have to deal with the fear, the insecurity, the vulnerability, afraid of being judged, all of those things. But when you get on the other side of it, there's a sense of self and truth that it, it's almost like, oh, this is me. This is who I've been waiting to be. Exactly. It's like, I've arrived. <laughs> <laughs> there, was a, there was a quote I saw online the other day that said, behind every great work of art, is an artist that transformed their fear. And um, I really see that from my story, but from so many other stories of um, artists and healers and creators. And you know, whenever we are on our path, it seems as though, you know, stuff just works out. You fall into the right people, you find the right camper, you reconnect with resources that help you publish your book. It's, there's always these signs when we are finally walking our authentic journey where it's like the universe is cheering us on going, a girl, you're on your way. Mm -hmm. But also, you know, I want to say that doesn't mean that it's a happily ever after, you know? True. So <laughs> my book came out four months ago and I'm kind of back in that place of, yes, I'm still a hard working palm reader, but also, you know, what, what is next? What's in store for me? Where can I go? So there's always that kind of search for something. I feel like that's just an innate quality of being human. Always, always. I mean, my girls are now in high school and, and finishing up middle school, and they are constantly asking me, Mom, what do I tell people when parents ask me what, my, what you do for a living? <laughs> and it hurts my heart that they're embarrassed to tell people my mom's a medium. Yeah. But I get it. You know, I totally get it. So yeah, I think it's always a struggle. My girl's four, so I'm not dealing with that yet, but <laughs> <laughs> it's coming, trust me. Holy imagine. My mom's a palm reader. <laughs> oh, I've speaking of, I have a question. Years ago I had my palm read and she said I had the mystic's cross, which meant I was psychic. Is is that a, such a thing, the mystic's cross? Yes, so it's called a mystic cross, and where it is, it's usually, it's kind of in the center of your hand. Um, I imagine we'll talk about the lines in a minute, but for anybody, you know, palmistry is a very visual art, so like Google would be your best friend, or, uh, you know, a book like mine, but you have <laughs> your heart line at the top of your hand, it's the very top line, and then your head line kind of comes down the center of your hand, and if there was an X that connects those two lines... Um, it's called a mystic cross. And to me, it is a lot of people that come and get palm readings from me have it because they are interested in, you know, these types of arts. So to me, it's just a gift of intuition, definitely possibility for psychic abilities. Um, and oftentimes somebody will have one on one hand that is a little stronger than the other because it's a gift that you're growing into. Well, that was my question. Should you look at your dominant hand or your non-dominant hand? Or does it are so, you looking at different things with different hands? When I read hands, I always look at both, but the, the hand that I print and read is the dominant hand, and that is the hand that you write with. So for a lot of people, that's your right hand, and your dominant hand represents you in the present moment, who you are right now, where you've been, and maybe some idea of where you're going, but all of this stuff is up to you. I don't believe that our destiny is in our hands. I believe that we are always in control. So yes, I would look at your dominant hand and you might have that X. It might not be perfect or deep or it might not touch both those lines that I mentioned. But if you look at your other hand, um, your non-dominant hand represents potential or your higher self. And so it might be deeper there because it's kind of in the cards for you. But my favorite way to describe the, the uh, correlation between the two hands is like a book of your life. So if you like have your hands together and you open them up, think of your, your dominant hand as the current chapter you're in right now. So sometimes I put a, a number on it, like chapter three, chapter four, since I'm almost 40. Um, and then your other hand represents the final chapter in this book of your life that knows how everything is going to go and has this wisdom and perspective that you might not have at the moment when you're you know in the middle of life and everything seems crazy. Oh, that gives me hope. Okay, I had heard something different. I had heard that the non-dominant 
was like how it's supposed to work out and the dominant was how it has worked out. Oh, but, but, all kinds of interpretations. Sometimes I also... Well, hands. I like yours better. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, sometimes I look at it and if they're very different and they can, you know, it's just all irrelevant to each person, but it can be an internal versus external thing where the external is your dominant hand, internal is your um, non-dominant. But I have found that what works best for me is, is that kind of metaphor. Okay, because on my non, I'm left-handed, on my right hand, the non-dominant, my lifeline is perfectly long and smooth and just lovely. <laughs> and on my left hand, it's, there's a lot of islands. Yeah, so that's healing. There's oftentimes a lot of healing between the hands. If, if your dominant hand has more islands or, you know, kind of rough stuff, breaks showing, and then your other hand is more clean, that's because over time, all those things that right now might seem still kind of fresh and, and hurt a little bit are going to heal or maybe make sense to you in a way. I love that. Um, my style, I really try to make palm reading empowering and enlightening and positive. I, my whole goal with this and with my pink camper is to take away the fear that a lot of people have about palm reading and that you're going to have this prophecy, you know, or that, you know, it tells you when you're going to die or get sick. I look at things like the lifeline, which of course is the one everyone thinks says when you're going to die. If you have a shorter lifeline or one that's really light, I look to that as, okay, maybe it's, it's not recording the length. It is recording your vision. Maybe you can't see that far ahead. Maybe, maybe it's self-care. A lot of people that work too hard and aren't really kind of living their or embracing kind of their you know, vitality and such will have lighter lifeline. What about the bracelets on the wrist? I have read that that can tell lifespan. And I, uh, I think that's a myth, but... There's a lot of myths, and, and, and one of the myths I definitely don't go with is the one with the M on the hand. Everyone says that. Oh, yeah, yeah. It means you're going to get married. No, really? That's what you think? It's so funny. Usually people say it's like good fortune. Um, oh. No, oh, in middle school, we used to play that game, and that people would be like, look at your, your palm. If there's an M, you're going to get married. Really? If the M is broken, it meant divorced. Oh, I've not even heard that. But oh, that's so funny. All right, sorry. It's so fun to hear these things, I think, because now I'll think about that when I look at hands, you know, I'll, <laughs> I'll try it out. But no, the bracelets are, they can be good luck if you have three or four of them, but the top one is health. And that is something I do try to stay away from too much because I'm really ethical in the way that I read. I don't want to plant any kind of seed that can actually manifest somebody's life. I'm, I'm a very strong believer in, you know, mind over body and things like that. Yeah, but the top one is health and it can represent organ health. So if there was a break in it, it could mean, you know, you've had some some problems with your, especially females, reproductive issues and things like that. So what I love though, is that the lines will change and evolve over the course of a lifetime. Mm -hmm. And Samantha and I have talked about this a lot. Whenever I'm doing any readings that are intuition, psychic divination, I always, always give the disclaimer subject to change and free will. And I think you're saying the same thing. I can give you this information, but it's how you choose to process it with your own inner knowing and light. Oh, 1000%. Free will is, is, this is all up to you. I can give you this information, but you know, it's, it's ultimately with that awareness, you're in control. I love that. No, I got my palm read in 2006 when she showed me the mystics cross and all of that. And she said, your heart line ends in a branch. So you're going to get divorced. <laughs> and I looked at her and I was like, no, no, I'm very happy. And I don't really believe in divorce unless it's like, you know, a big issue has come up and I don't see that happening. And she was like, well, it's in your palm. It's happening. And I was kind of like, F you lady, like, don't tell me that. And then of course, years and years later, I get divorced. So yeah. then I like to look at my kids' palms all the time just to see what's going on with them. And I do not know nearly enough to ever read a palm, but you know, I know a little. One of my kids has a fork at the end of her heart line. And I'm like, holy crap, does that really mean divorce? So if, when you say the end, I think you might mean the beginning. So the end is under your pinky finger. The beginning is under usually your third or your pointer finger. Yes. I read that totally, totally different than that. I read the Good. beginning of the heart line 
Um, if it starts in what looks like an, an opening or a branch or a fork, to me, that is like you're really calling in emotional love in a way that is reciprocated. And if it's closed, then you're a little more guarded, a little more protective. So a lot of the way that I read is not so much like events. It's more personality style, very similar to astrology, honestly. But there is divorce in the hands. I, <laughs> I have one on mine and I'm actually like proud of it. I think it's fun. The affection lines is what they're called. And they're underneath the pinky finger on the outer side. And there are those little lines between the base of the pinky finger and the heart line. And a lot of people think that they represent how many children you have or will have. And I don't believe that at all. Children are actually, for me, the hardest thing to find on the hands. I look in a couple places. I thought children lines were underneath the index finger. No, those, um, those to me are spirit guides. But again, interpretation. I only I have, so I have three lines there. I am one and done. <laughs> and I have two lines under my pinky finger. And there's definitely not another child in my future. So, but where those affection lines are under the pinky finger, it works on a timeline. Beginning of life is at, at the bottom of the pinky. End of life is at the end of the heart line. And so a lot of people will have one or two and it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be married multiple times. To me, it represents your most um, deep, impactful relationships with chess, of course, can be marriage, but not always necessarily, especially in modern days. But if one of those lines has a uh, opens up at the end, so it looks like a sideways Y, that is a break. Again, not necessarily a divorce. Um, or it could just be, you know, a messy tumultuous relationship. So again, when I read hands, I'm very ethical. I always ask, are you married before I say anything about divorce? And it's not that I'm not being, you know, honest. I'm just trying to interpret in a way that can make sense for that person. Yeah. Without saying something as though it's fact. I think that's so important. And those are the trickiest lines to read, those affection lines. (laughs) That is fascinating. Okay, what about the fate line? All right, so the fate line, call it the line of stability. That one usually comes up the center of the palm. There can be two ways that it looks. If it comes directly up the center, to me, that is somebody that is looking for a traditional stability in life as far as like the logistics of paying for your, you know, your mortgage or your rent and that kind of thing. If it comes up from what's called the Mount of Luna, which is uh, just to the, to the outside of the hand underneath the pinky, that's somebody who's really looking to create a purposeful, authentic, creative driven life or, or is on an intuitive spiritual journey. So some people will have both of those lines. And to me, That means, you know, there's part of you that is very concerned about, um, you know, paying the bills, things like that. But there's also part of you that's that's really on a spiritual search. Um, So, again, these can get they can get tricky. Sometimes they merge. And that means you're able to to do both in in the same way. For example, like line of work like I am right now. If there's little breaks, that's just big changes. Sorry, I was staring at my hands, which I'm sure most of the listeners are doing right now, is comparing the two and seeing. And and it's really fascinating because a lot of what you're saying rings true with what I'm seeing in my hands. But also, it's I'm fascinated with how different my left is from my right. Right. And so oftentimes with this line of stability, it is very different on the two hands because um, a lot of people wait till a little later in life to really embrace their spirituality. And so the non-dominant hand might show that journey in a, in a stronger way than their dominant hand. Okay, so what's been coming up for a lot of people in readings, for myself, for people I love dearly, it's been coming up at this feeling of change, of shift, of it's time to step up and do what you really came here to do. So do you see waves when you're reading hands where you're seeing the same patterns show up repeatedly? I do. And I, and that's a good tie in from that line of stability because I do see a lot of people that are looking for a more spiritual path through life, looking for that purpose or looking for, um, you know, just, just ways to evolve. So that is definitely one of the patterns that I see. And then, you know, everything in the hand, it's really personal to the person that I'm reading that it can vary a lot. I see a lot of multiple lifelines, which 
is it exciting to me because, you know, a lifeline represents vitality. But when you have one lifeline, to me, that's the life that you're given. And then if you have multiple, those are reinventions of yourself. So my hands are pretty crazy, which is ironic, <laughs> it's ironic that I'm a bomb reader because there are so many lines. And I swear I have like six lifelines, but I do reinvent myself like every two years. It's not necessarily on purpose. It's just what happens. But I'm one of those people who's like, okay, I did that. What's next? Like, what can I do here? What can I do here? So huge personal transformations would show up in multiple lifelines. Okay. See, that's why I think it's so important to be knowledgeable about this stuff because I was telling you in my email, Helene, a lot of times when people know what I do, they don't care where I am. I could be at a Christmas party or at the grocery store and they'll just come up, you know, read me, read me. So years Mm -hmm. ago I was at a party and this woman came up and said to her husband, oh, this is the intuitive I was telling you about. She's amazing. Can you read him? And I was like, oh, um, so I don't like to have to explain to people I work really well with psychometry, so can I hold something of yours? Because then I have to explain what psychometry is. So a lot of times I'll just say, show me your palm. And they think I'm reading their palm, but I'm really just holding their hand to, you know, do psychometry. But as I held his palm and I looked at his lifeline, which the lifeline extends between your thumb and your index finger and swoops across to the middle of your wrist. Am I explaining that correctly? Yes, you are. Okay. So when I looked at his lifeline, he had two identical parallel lifelines. And, you know, sometimes when I get in that intuitive zone, I just blurt things out without thinking, which I, I hate it when that happens to me. And I said, oh, my gosh, you have two lifelines. It's almost like you have two lives. Oh, that's how I read it sometimes, too. I read it. It can be a duality. You know? Well, it turned out he had a secret life. He had an entire other mistress. Oh, and wow. Like a whole thing came out, and he snatched his palm. Or it was it was, uh, it was something. <laughs> Oh, that's it's something, and but, but I like I like your interpretation of reinventing yourself because when after that experience, now I look at people's palms, and if there's two lifelines, I'm like, oh, what's in your closet that hasn't come out yet? Definitely a duality, but sometimes it can be something in your life that shifted like traumatically. So all most of the lines work on a timeline. Um, and if the lifeline, if a new branch comes off, um, you know, like in the middle of it, I would say, was there something that happened at 40 that really like changed your, your path? And oftentimes that will line up. So I am not personally, I don't call myself psychic. Everything I'm doing is very visual. It is intuitive, but I am really working off of what I see. And I work with the person to see what interpretation works best for them. So I would say both of those things. I might be like, okay, this can mean there's a duality to your life or does it, or was there something that happened at this age that really kind of, you know, changed you? Usually one of the options is like, oh, it's that one, definitely. But what's really interesting, I love the stories that I hear. People are just so amazing and open with me and I, I appreciate it because it informs what I do. But one of the stories recently was a person, they were in their 20s, and the beginning of their life and headlines were like braided up in all these islands. It's called a chain for a much longer time than I usually see. I I was trying to work with them. I was like, was there some kind of repression? Like, what is all of this like internalization and all these, uh, you know, it was a lot of trauma. They said, well, I was in a religious cult until two years ago, and and the age at which the lines opened was when they escaped. <laughs> they like wow. literally left their whole life behind at the age of, you know, 24 to get out of this um, cult. So. Wow. Yeah. Now, what can someone tell about an individual they're meeting just from like shaking their hand or looking at the shape of their hand? Can you read someone just by glancing at their hands? Sure. And that's kind of something I like to talk about just for fun. Like if you're dating, (laughs) you know, you're like, you're on a first date and you can kind of like watch their hands a little bit. So I would say just in terms of that kind of light and fun, if they, if somebody has a large mount of Venus, which is, it's right next to your thumb, that kind of like bigger pad. I think there's like that 
that thumb joint right there. If if it's like pr- disproportionately large to the rest of their hand, that is somebody who really is pleasure based. Like that's what they're really into in life because Venus represents love, but also it's just, it's somebody looking or that needs a lot of pleasure. So, you know, if that can be food, art, culture, all that stuff, but it can also be since, you know, sexuality. I would say the the texture of somebody's hand when you're shaking it can be a big indicator. You know, the rougher the hand might be the more, I don't want to say abrasive, but the more, I mean, I'm just going to say abrasive, abrasive the person. <laughs> um, like, a, like a black and white finger? No, like if you're shaking somebody's hand and it fe- their skin feels really rough, Oh, that they might be kind of abrasive and rough around the edges. Exactly. Okay, Got it. so wait, I have to ask a question about that. So what about someone that works with their hands? So if someone's and, yes. a, a craftsperson, how would that impact the rough or the... So then I would I would take that out of the equation. When I do okay. reading, I always ask, you know, do you do you have any injuries? If they If somebody does have really big hands, they usually do work with their hands, and that's why they would be rough. Yeah, I've... Pianists always bring that up, you know, um, dancers like, oh, this is what I do. Does that affect my hands? And I do take that into account. So those are very, those are generalizations. Um, But the shape of the hand is very interesting, especially in this time when everybody's very into astrology. I just feel like astrology has blown up so, um, so huge lately. There are four elemental shapes that the hand can represent, just like the zodiac, earth, water, air, fire. And that can say a lot about somebody's personality. Um, And it's all about the proportion of the palm to the fingers. So, you know, this might be a lot for some of the listeners, but again, just Google it. (laughs) I usually just start, does your hand, is it long or is it more short? If it's long, that would be earth. I mean, I'm sorry, that would be water or air. The longer the fingers, if they have really long fingers, that would be an air hand. And then earth and fire would be shorter hands and fire hands usually have fairly short fingers and the way that you figure out what the proportion is of your fingers to your palm is by measuring your middle finger and then taking it down into your hand so um, a fire hand with shorter fingers that you know that proportion would be shorter than the length of your palm so it can line up with somebody's astrology uh, especially their moon sign which is something that that's a pattern that's been coming up so if you know your sun rising and moon um, it might make a lot of sense to you there that is a way to just a general indicator of somebody's personality because the four elements it's the same as with the zodiac it's the same qualities you know a fire sign would be somebody who is more restless anxious and warm and earth hand would be more grounded and practical, etc. Is it true that if there's little star shapes on your palm, it means different things? So my little company is called Handful of Stars because stars on the hand to me are magic. And where they are is where that magic lies. So some people will have a star and stars, they really just look like asterisks. Um, you know, just like a little simple crossing of lines. If there's a star at the end of your headline, that's somebody who's, there's really something special about how they think. If there's a star in the Mount of Luna, then that's, so there's something really special about your intuition. If there's a star where your spirit guides are, then you've got something powerful uh, kind of watching your back. So interesting, you know, speaking with mediums, I do, I look at those spirit guides, which are underneath the first finger, And a lot of people will have these just kind of like a tally of lines. And that's like, okay, this is, this is your crew. They're there. A star there, you know, would, would mean like a powerful spirit guide. I I read one woman who had three stars and she had told me that mediums approach her everywhere. She's like, I'll just go to a festival or like a bar and and mediums approach me. And they're like, Oh, this person wants to tell you something. (laughs) So yeah. uh, Stars. Like if there is one under your pointer finger, and that is the finger of Jupiter. Um, it's all based on mythology. And um, that would be somebody who there's something special about how ambitious or they could be a leader. So yeah, it just depends where they are. I have a star under my ring finger and my lifeline ends in a star. All right. So under your ring finger, that makes a lot of sense because under your ring finger, that is called the Mount of Apollo. And Apollo was the god of arts and music and also medicine. So anything that lies on that mount um, is going to represent somebody that is a creator and or healer. 
So that makes sense for you, right? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It's on both ring fingers. Okay. And does it mean anything if there's a star at the end of the lifeline? I think that just means there's something that's guiding your, your journey. That is so neat. Now, what about the little dots on the line? Oh, like, like just little tiny dots? So yeah. What would be on your lifeline? Like there's, I've, I, I don't have them on my, I have a little dot on my heart line, but I've looked at other people's palms and there's like little dots those on like are, each line. Uh-huh. That, those would be markers of some, an event. And again, that's where this like timeline will line up. I have some, some very specific dots on mine as well. And it's, it's just very specific events that affected you in these different areas of your life. So if it's on your if there was dots on your headline, you could track it down to very important decisions that you had to make, or maybe it was a time when you were under a lot of stress or, you know, that kind of thing. If it's on your lifeline, it would be something that really affected your vitality. So some people, it might be getting sick. Some people, it might be moves. Moves are usually very big on the hand. I don't see too many dots. I see a lot of those islands. Islands look like little bubbles. And the island, they're just a little period of challenge. They are not as dramatic as a break in a line. If there's a break in your headline, um, I could just, I could almost, I think, prove it with data that it lines up to huge change, usually something that was um, unexpected. Wow. Okay. What about triangles? Triangles are strengtheners, whatever they are. So um, any kinds of little... Vertical lines on a mount call in energy to the qualities that that mount represents. So um, a triangle on a line was going to be, it might be like, okay, this might've been a hard time for you, but you were resilient or taken care of in a way. Um, uh, What is it called? A, A grid, like if it just looks like a big hatch of lines, that's going to represent um, blockage. So if that was on this finger of Jupiter, that would say, okay, you might be ambitious, or, but you're maybe too hard on yourself. You know, that's so, I don't know how you learned all of that. There's so much to learn because from what I'm hearing, like a fork can mean a divorce, but it can also mean an open heart depending on where it is. But right. a, and a trident, if, if a line ends in three branches, isn't that something different, right? Right. If it, the end of a line is something totally different. So if the headline opens up at the end to me that is an opening or a shift in your perspective lining up on one of these timelines again it's usually a lot of things that happen at once so let's say somebody got married had a baby and moved into a house in the same year then uh that's where the line would open if it opens in a trident that can be like a a loss of energy um so overall especially with the lines i'm it's energy that i'm reading i'm looking at them as rivers of energy and and thinking about them in that metaphor like what's going to happen if a river splits what's going to happen if it forks and and how does that relate to this metaphor of of energy oh that's a great analogy yeah so the deeper a line the more of your personal energy is kind of based there so some people will have really deep lifelines and those people are, are very focused on embracing and living their lives. They might travel a lot, you know, take vacations or, or live their life in a way that is comfortable, etc. But if it was lighter and, you know, it can go light to dark in different periods, if where the, light, where the lifeline is really light, it can be when you're not feeling so great about your life. Like maybe you're, you got some depression or you're just a little lost. There's all these visuals <laughs> um, that I'm looking at. Aren't there travel lines on the palm? Yes, the travel lines are on the outside of the palm, on the under your pinky down on that Mount of Luna. And some people have a lot of them and some people don't have any. But what I look at travel lines as are past lives. So, um, yes, so I have a lot of them, but I definitely feel like I'm an older soul. Um, if it's clean, cleaner over there, that could be somebody who maybe hasn't had that, had that much activity in that area. That is so cool. I never thought about past lives in the palm. Have you, Denise? No, I really haven't. That is real. I'm going to, okay. I have to stop looking at my palm and focusing. (laughs) (laughs) So I was, um, I had a really neat experience again, looking at someone's palm 
And she said, oh, what can you tell from looking at my hand? And she had two fate lines. So similar to the guy who had the two lifelines, she had two parallel fate lines. And they were going right up the center, from the center of her wrist right up to her index finger. Wow. And they were just two distinct lines. And I said, wow, you have two fates. And she said, what does that mean? And I said, well, you have two lives you can choose from. You get to choose which fate you're going to lead. Hmm. And she said, oh my gosh, I wasn't going to tell you this, but I'm, I'm in the process of transgendering. You know, I'm, I'm transitioning from a man to a woman. Oh, that's fascinating. And that's very interesting that you said that because when you started talking about it, when I first started my kind of journey into palm reading and I was, you know, coming out as gay, I was taking, I was reading a lot of people who were also gay and I was taking into consideration, you know, that journey for them as well, because it was very relevant at the time for me. So that line of faith that you're talking about, if there is a bubble, to me, that's a time when you're not feeling safe or seen. And that can show up in a lot of people who are transitioning genders as well. Yeah, it was really cool. And I think it got it gave her a lot of comfort because she thought it's in my palm. Yeah, oh, definitely. And that's why I think palmistry is such a beautiful art is because it's amazingly cathartic and validating because your hand is always right there. And so that's why I always try to find the positive. So if you're having a crappy day, and you know, you don't feel like tarot cards, I feel like they can really mess with you sometimes. <laughs> right? You have this relationship to, to your body. And so that's really special to me. Wow, that is so cool. Yeah, I just got, I'm doing research for a show on A.E. White, who did the first tarot deck that, that we think of today. But I didn't know that that tarot deck was based on a French tarot deck published in the 15th century. Mm-hmm. So I bought a reproduction of it because, oh, oh my gosh, the originals are in the thousands. Right. Of course, it's all in French. So I literally spent an evening sitting at my desk, like translating all of it. That original tarot deck is scary. The modern one, I, I can, I'm down with. I know death card doesn't mean death. Right. But this original French tarot, it, it'll say things like misery is coming. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's kind of not my style. <laughs> yeah. I feel like modern life is is already so much that we don't need <laughs> we don't need all that extra negativity. But yeah, no. as I love playing with them, but sometimes I feel like you know, definitely my higher self is trying to you know mess with me a little bit. You made a really good point, Helene, on making sure that you're not locking it in for someone, giving them the uh, this is the information that I'm seeing, but you it, from the way you're presenting this and, and from you know picking up on what you're saying, you want to empower people to use this as a tool to raise their vibration and to get to know themselves better, to help them make choices, to help them decide their path. But in any form of divination, there's always that that double-edged sword of well, it came up that and then fill in the blank, and people will lock onto that one little thing, Gosh. and for. And, and that, I think, is so detrimental to any of this type of work. Every time I, I give a reading, I ask if they've had a palm reading because I am interested to hear if they've received, you know, one of those kind of messages that is... We don't have any right exactly. to do that. I know. I consider myself a light worker, and that's where I want to stay. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, and I agree so much with your ethics, especially the thing you mentioned about planting seeds. I am a firm believer in the placebo effect. And if you tell someone, oh, a health crisis is coming up this year, well, you could be wrong. It could be a cold. And right. now you've planted the seed and we, our mind is so powerful, they could then create that in their mind. Yes. And I also do think that some of the stuff on the hands is internal, can be internal fears. And I have a very interesting story about that. Um, the first night I was reading palms, I was reading this man. He was in his 60s and he had a huge undeniable break in the middle of his lifeline that would have um, been around 45 years old, but he is 65. And so, you know, at the time I didn't, I, I, I didn't want to be like, Oh, this is going to be a, you know, a bad time for you. But I asked him, I'm, I just outright, I'm like, was there something that happened to you at 45? And he said, three generations of men before him and his family had all had heart attacks at 45 years old. So he lives his life in fear of this like heart attack 
but it never happened. That's something to take into account as well. And that's why I really work with people through conversation. Now, what about your daughter? Do you read her palm? Do you look at it? So I do look at it. And kids are tricky. I especially with really young kids. Her hands are very simple right now. It's she's just got the like four the three lines or the four yeah. yeah. Yeah, the four lines. There's not too much happening. I don't like to look at hands under the age of like 16 because there's they're developing, you know, so quickly, but there's so much that's that's unsettled kind of. So, um I have had some interesting readings where I would look at parents and their young children and oftentimes the children kind of had some of the same stuff that their parents had. So I think, you know, they're they're working through their own things, but they're still so attached to the people watching them that yeah, it's really hard to differentiate. If I read for a kid, I do it in a very fun way. <laughs> yes. But what what I did want to talk about, what what has been the gravy of palm reading to me recently is fingerprints. And fingerprints are said to hold your quote unquote life purpose. And I say quotes because I am not one that believes that everybody is here to serve one purpose. I think there are like when we get alignment in in things that we can just kind of jive with, I think that's when we'll feel most satisfied. But, you know, I would never say, oh, my life purpose is to be a palm reader. Is my life purpose to be a light worker? Like something a little more vague, maybe. Anyways, there is a book called Life Prints by Richard Unger is his name. And he developed a system. It's a very black and white formula of labeling the type of fingerprint that you have. And it's using forensic terms because our fingerprints never change. So that's why we have forensics. Um, and you put it into this little equation and it tells you, um, your life purpose and challenges and things like that. That has been really fascinating to me lately because I've been seeing a lot of purposes that really do align with who people are. So for example, there is a, a fingerprint called a whirl and it looks like a spiral and that could be Googled. And if whatever finger that you have one of those on, um, to me is is something you, you know, are would be in alignment with. So a lot of healers and a lot of creative artists, etc., have whirls on their fourth finger. And it just means, okay, you're doing, you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. If, if that's what, you know, lines up with your lifestyle. Wow. Now you're, tell people about your book because your book comes with a kit where you can do this print. Yes. So the kit is based off of that purple sheet that I developed that first night I did palm reading. It is a 90-page guidebook that has uh, eight of these sheets in the back, and they're perforated, so you tear out the sheet, and then the kit has an ink pad and an ink roller and a silver pen so that you can print your hand and then read it by following through the guidebook step-by-step. So I really wanted it anybody to be able to do this. I want people to understand you don't have to be um, psychic. You just you learn kind of the basics since basics, just like with tarot, you know, you can learn about the images and read the book and look at the colors and the symbols. Um, and then once you learn the basics, you open, really open up to that intuition and say, okay, well, but what comes in for me and what feels right for me and how does, how can this work? So the more and more that I do this, and honestly, I've only been doing palm reading, not even two and a half years now, the more intuitive hits I get. And I say things that aren't in the books. <laughs> And I, I can really, when somebody presents their hand to me, like it's such a beautiful thing. Like I can really get a sense of a person just at like a first glance without really focusing in on anything. Um, and so that's, that's really exciting for me, the more my intuition grows with this art. And so I just hope that my book can give people the platform to, to learn to do the same because it's really been a rewarding journey. It's a fantastic way to connect with people. Yeah, sure. It could be a fun party trick, but people have a lot of fun with it. And it's a way to put our phones away <laughs> and connect, yes. and, like talk about life and who we are and where we're going. Um, and just, you know, just that connection to me is, is really special. See, I love that story. And I love, this is why I always encourage people to learn at least one psychic tool whether it's palm reading or crystals, tarot, pendulums, psychometry, because once we give ourselves permission to shut off that monkey mind and focus on something internal, like who am I through my palm? 
Mm. Who am I with crystals? It does awaken and unlock our intuition. And, and again, I know I say this all the time on this show, but it's not a gift, people. It's yeah. an ability. It's a muscle. We all have it. And so I'm thrilled to learn that your intuition is opening up. And I, I am positive that's going to keep growing for you. I, yeah, I'm really excited about it. Um, and it's funny you just said it's an ability that you have to um, work with. Whenever I see a palm that has a lot of intuition in it and they're not necessarily into the things that we are, I always tell them to buy tarot decks because I'm saying, you know what? That is just a way to flex that muscle. You've got it. You just got to like play with it. And also, I think all of these things are just such an interesting perspective, you know, and tool to look at life and in our personalities in ways that we might not. Exactly. Know thyself. It's a great way to start to know who you are. Yes. Now you can, obviously you do readings in person in Atlanta and on your travels, but people can contact you for remote readings too, correct? I do. Um, through my website, handfulofstarsreadings.com, uh, there is an option for remote readings and with a remote reading, I ask, um, I send a sheet of paper that has instructions on, I think it's like six photos to send me of your hand. And I do a pretty, it's usually a nine page report that is extremely thorough and with diagrams and it breaks everything down. And then I offer a, a video chat to discuss any questions they have. That is so cool. There are very few palm readers I've come across that do it remotely that, you know, you can that you know are also ethical. So that's, that's fantastic. Yeah. And it's my, I have to thank my design background for that because, you know, I just really have a lot of fun with uh, the reports, making them pretty and making sure everything um, is visually communicated. Are you thinking about another book like Handful of Love? Or I, I'm definitely, <laughs> I, that's so funny you said that. I started a second proposal this morning. It's not going to be palmistry and I don't know when and if or what will happen, but I would love to continue to um, be repackaging these ancient arts that maybe aren't up to date. That's all I'll say. Oh, that's exciting. <laughs> well, Denise, do you have any final questions for her before we wrap up? No, and, and thank you so much, Aline. This has been a fun show, and it's also been incredibly informative for, our, for us, but also for the listeners. So thank you. Yes, oh, thank you. And i just like to say my... My kind of main place of communication for anybody who has questions or wants to learn more or, you know, follow what I'm doing is Instagram. And my name on there is handful of stars underscore readings. And I'm very active. I just ask that people don't send me pictures of their hands, but if like little questions <laughs> are fine. That's awesome. Okay. I'm definitely going to follow you on Instagram. You know, sometimes when I see pictures of like famous people and they're waving or like the president, I will like freeze that photo and look at their, the lines on their palm. Do you do that? Oh, yes. And yeah. at a Christmas party last year that was Prince themed. <laughs> and I printed a picture of him with his hands up and I read his hands. <laughs> that is so cool. Yeah. I love that. All right. Well, thank you so, so much for coming on the show. We hope to have you back on, um, especially when the new book comes out, which I'm sure it will before we all know it. Remember, everyone, her book is Handful of Stars. You can find it on Amazon and bookstores, at Anthropology, Urban Outfitters, everywhere, basically. And her website is handfulofstarsreadings.com. So, Helene, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. I really had fun. I did, too. Okay, everybody, have a great week. As always, don't forget to show up, do great work, and share your light. Take care.